What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Stallion, one of my favorite YouTube videos of all time is the backwards bicycle. Oh, I know you love that one for sure. Well, it, there's a lot of things I love about it, but one of the things inside of it, the guy who put it on, he made a definitive statement that said, you cannot ride a backwards bicycle. Do you think that you can ride a backwards bicycle, Joey? There's not a chance. I've seen <laughs> you try. <laughs> I, I, I did. I did make an attempt on a friend of mine. A, a bicycle where the handlebars, when you turn them to the left, the wheel goes to the right. When you turn them to the right, the wheel goes to the left. You can't do it. Now, I started off this podcast, Stallion, with the definitive statement that the worst way to do a deal is by writing a check. Do you agree with that? I'm learning that that is the case. I mean, you and I are slow. We're slow learners. We've been using our cash a lot. Yeah. But well, I'm learning for sure. There, there's three ways in this episode you're going to find out why I say that and how you can do deals without writing a check. Joey, let's jump in right now. Let's pull our chairs up to the table and belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the Financial Freedom Roundtable, where each week we break down complex financial topics so that you can more easily understand them and more importantly, take action on your path to becoming financially free. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. Grateful to have you in the room. I'm Russ Morgan, they call me the idea guy, mostly because lack of a falter guy just didn't sound that cool to me. But enough about me for a second. Let me introduce you to my co-host, my partner, the Italian stallion, he's got the license plate cover to prove it, Mr. Joey Murray. Joey. What's up, my brother? How are you? Man, uh, I'm I'm so glad to be here. Like this, this is the topic that I think, okay, I think will blow your mind. Mm. I think your lid will be raised by exposing ideas and concepts that you did not even know were available to you. That's why I'm, I'm fired up about being here. And I remember the times that these things were brought to my attention. I was like, I had no idea that this was possible. Are you going to ever tell people what it is? Or are you just going to keep walking around it, making them guess? Well, we're talking about how to invest in deals without writing a check. Mm. I mean, what the what what did you and I always talk about? The, the, the biggest challenge to financial freedom is what? Lack of access to cash. And we've been lying this whole time. <laughs> we've been lying? 
No, we're not lying. But what I'm saying is access to cash doesn't have to be your own money. And that's what we're going to uncover today. I, I learned yesterday at my my kids kids strong event some sign language. Do you know what this means? When you take a a, a flat hand across a, a another one like a choppy motion. Does uh, anybody know what that sign is? Karate chop. It's stop. Okay, I'm stopping. I'm stopping. That's, oh. that's stop. <laughs> yes. So for for those people listening online, that also could be a a, a Braves tomahawk. I mean, yes, right? Hundred percent. That's not that's not what we're talking about right now. No, stop, Joey. It is lack of access to cash. No, how how to invest in deals without writing a check means you have access to cash. It is yes, doesn't do. have it doesn't have to be your cash. So it is a hundred percent true, Joey. You said that we've been lying. That is not true. We have not been lying. I'm tired of talking to you. I'm sorry. I lied about lying. Okay, let's I'm moving get these over. In here. I'm moving on. I'm moving on to somebody else. Mr. Incredible. His superpower is speed to financial freedom. And the real beauty is that speed is contagious. My man, J.D. Hill. Say hello to your fans, J.D. Hey, fans. Uh, Here's the good news. I'm back in my station. I'm no longer at my kitchen table. Uh, (laughs) I've been uh, promoted and moved back upstairs uh, into my office. Uh, so I got the mic, I got the whole setup again. I feel so official and I'm fired up to be here. All right. Well, I I also know that you know a little bit about this subject matter. Is that right? I I am. This is probably one of my favorite things to talk about because this is one of the things that I feel like if I'm good at anything, it's this one. Uh, so if, if you want to get in the game, right. But you have not had any cash or money to do it. We're about to give you the playbook on how to do it. Right. I love that. All right. Well, let, let's get to our, our final coach in the house. We got the true financial Sherlock Holmes of our day. No problem too difficult to solve. If I would have only known him earlier, I'd been so much richer. Said everybody, Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. Nice to see you, Ern. And it's nice to be seen. Thanks for bringing me in. Man, I'm glad you're here, man. I know that you got a lot of insight into this as well. Why do you think this topic is so important for us to be covering today? Well, have you ever thought about how much money exists in the world? Ooh, no. I I think about it all the time, and I like to talk to other people about it because in my own journey, that's one of those, just those one little thought that I carry around that has helped me grow from a limited view of what is possible to a much bigger view of what's possible, a more abundant view of what I have the ability to create. Because you might, there's two types of people that I work with, and it's people who have saved up money and have maybe done some deals. And so when we interact, they're able to get started. The other type of person is the person who's just starting to build cash. Maybe they've been putting it in all the wrong places. Maybe they've been spending it all or something happened and they and they lost it all. And for that person who doesn't have access to a lot of money at this point in time, this is a concept where you can start to plug into how much money is in the world and can I get access to some of it to put into my deals and benefit from that. Why this is so important is this is a, a game changer, like Joey said. Oh, man. Hey, one of the uh, reason I think this is so important, guys, is that writing a check is the worst way to do a deal. Oof. He said it. Come on. Come on. I mean, it, he it, said it. At, at this point, I I did not always understand that that was the case, right? Because I had not been taught any better. 
I had thought I'd done a, an amazing job of stacking cash, which is what I was supposed to be doing. So I just assumed I had to put my cash in the deals. But I have now come to the conclusion that writing a check is the worst way to do a deal. And I want to go through three points of how you can help yourself not always be the one writing the check, but be one of the ones doing the deals. And there's three ways to do that. One is through other people's money, right? That's something that we've talked about before. Leverage is always good when we're able to use other people's money. There's also some creative finance. We're going to spend time when we're out in Scottsdale, Arizona, here at the end of this month at our passive income retreat with the guru in this in the creative financing space, Pace Morby. And he talks about all the time of how he's acquired over $100 million in real estate without having to write a check. A lot of times without ever having to have his own name or credit associated with the mortgage to do those deals. Mm. The third way, right? And there's some of you who are like, man, I just don't have the chops on that. I don't have experience. I don't know what to do. But maybe you have expertise in a subject. Maybe you, you had the ability to be the operator. So maybe you can have sweat equity or intellectual capital that can add to the business that you can get in on the deal without still writing a check. So, JD, let's talk a little bit about other people's money. Yeah, let's do that. Um, <laughs> this this is this is my favorite <laughs> because this is how I got into real estate investing uh, in general. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why that's so funny. So, I've I've been in in this space, uh, financial services, for my my entire <laughs> my entire career, and. Um, it can, it can consume a lot of your time. And so this is where I've spent all of my time trying to build, you know, this, this part of my business. Well, I had a client who was a realtor and he was getting into real estate investing, buying and flipping houses. And, um, he needed, um, access to cash to be able to go faster. And I was like, Hey, I sit across from people all day long that have access to cash that are looking for places to put it besides the market. And he was like, well, do you think you could raise some money? And I'm like, I could absolutely raise some money. So we started brainstorming on ideas on how that would actually work. And that is how we developed and started our first partnership. Well, there's a number of ways that you can do that. The first way that we did it though, is that we raised money from someone, hundred uh, percent of the purchase price of a home and the renovation. And we gave that person a third of the equity because there was three of us. Uh, and so we could have, that, that has since evolved, but you can either give somebody equity in the deal. So the upside, or you can give them interest, uh, on the deal. So we decided because it was our first one together, let's just, let's give this person the upside. So we raised some money to do one house and we flipped a house in, uh, in, in 2020, uh, excuse me, in 2019, we flipped one house. Uh, and then we raised, we proved concept could work. So we raised a little bit more money from this individual. We did six together in 2020. And then in 21, uh, we got into a mastermind and this is when things dramatically changed because we got introduced to what's called hard money. And if you're not familiar with hard money, hard money is great as long as it's not the wrong kind of hard money. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, hard money is essentially, uh, private investors that are like pooled together basically. And you pay, uh, for, for the big ones, you pay points up front, uh, to get in the game. Uh, so like a, a loan origination fee, if you will, uh, then you pay ongoing interest to, to finance the property. You got to put a little bit of money down. Well, 
um, in this mastermind, what somebody had brought up was they said, JD, if you've got access to cash, um, why don't you use the private money that you've raised as the down payments for the hard money that you're, that you're getting on the other side? I was like, what do you mean? And they said, well, if you need to put 10% down on a deal and you got to pay the points and everything else, if you've already raised the private money piece, you can go so much faster if you leverage that by putting it as the down payment for uh, the equity into the hard money. And I was like, that is so brilliant. So in 2021, we did 45 houses. <laughs> so we went from one in 19, six in 20, and then in 21, we did 45. And then this year, before the market started softening, we were on pace to do over 200 houses this year. Uh, we've successfully done over 100, uh, but it just changed dramatically the trajectory of our entire business by using other people's money. Hmm. I, I love that. Yeah, you got to be careful with hard money, right? You, what, Joey, what's the what's the saying that you put in our book that's coming out about hard money? I'm sorry. What what are you talking about? <laughs> they're, they're like they're like they're like the bookies. <laughs> it's like the bookies. That's it's it. A, <laughs> it's the bookie of lending, man. This is that, such a it's, it could be rough. But thank you uh, for not remembering what you wrote in the book. I thought it was good. Me and JD remembered it. But, I, I, yes, who, I did. Who knows? That was like more than yesterday. It's out of my mind. <laughs> but but I want to put some some clothes on what you just said. So put some numbers okay. around that. Yeah. Let's say like you had a $300,000 house you're trying to buy yeah. and you putting this deal together the way that you did, give somebody an idea of how that looked. Yeah. So um, for a $300,000 house, if that's the value of, uh, or let's say that's the purchase price uh, of the house and the, um, I'm just going to do a quick Excel spreadsheet here. Um, you know, say the, the value of the home is, um, you know, $400,000 or $450,000 or whatever it is. Um, the most hard money lenders are going to lend up to 90% of the purchase price. So, so they're not going to lend on hundred percent of the purchase price because they want to make sure that you have skin in the game. So say they would lend up to 90% of the purchase price or I have to put 10% down. So if I have to buy a house for $300,000, I have to put down $30,000 right. okay, uh, of, of cash to, to buy the property. Then there's the loan origination fee of, 1% of the purchase price. So $3,000. So I would essentially need to come to the table with $33,000 in order to buy that property. So what we did was, is because we had access to private money that we were paying cash for houses, is instead of paying 300,000 cash, we took $33,000 of that cash to buy that property. And then the hard money paid for the other 90% of it. So we so now you have the, yeah, now you have the ability to do almost 10 X the deals that you could do before, because you're not having to use the whole 300. You're only using a 10th of it. That's right. So, so now we can, we literally were able to multiply so much faster, how many houses we could now do because of that one little deal that I learned in that mastermind amongst a, a bunch, but that was huge for us because it allowed us to take the amount of money that we raised and multiply it exponentially. I feel like I would be missing an opportunity here if I didn't take a live advertisement for a mastermind, right? Yes. If you're not a part of a mastermind, if you're not in the game with other people who are learning and doing these things, you're missing out on big, big deals. How yeah. could you do that? You can go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash free call and 
on that call, you can talk to the coach about, hey, I think the thing I need to be a part of is a mastermind, and they can help you understand which of the two masterminds we run might be a good fit for you to be around ideas and people just like that. All right, Joey, tell me yes. a little bit about OPM. By the way, if you didn't talk about our inner circle or passive income mastermind just then, I was going to fire you. Like literally, like you're no longer working with us. That is, you're the worst. Um, but I, okay, I'm going to talk about OPM out of our inner circle this week. In our inner circle, we highlighted TribeVest. You're maybe you're sitting here and you're like, man, JD, that's a great idea. I don't know all this whole private money hard money, whatever stuff, right? But I have friends who want to get into deals and they're looking to me and they're saying, hey, I've seen you do this, you know, this flip job, or I've seen you do this short-term rental, or I've seen you do this land flipping deal, whatever it may be. And they're looking to you and you're like, wait a minute, how could I help these other folks get involved in deals? TribeVest is a platform that allows you to literally go online, build out an LLC for the people that want to be a part of it. They track it, build, it gives them a bank account within 48 hours and then allows them to all fund the deal with their, with total transparency of what's going on. And you immediately can start getting involved in deals that are much bigger than what you could do on your own. This to me is brilliant. Although I've never used it, being a part of the training on Tuesday and hearing Travis Smith share that, that was genius to me. And I think this gives you another reason to, to, to get involved with other people's money. It makes it a lot, a lot simpler. Well, by the way, if you want to take action on a deal of getting that set up, Travis Smith gave us one. So if you go to the show notes, I'm going to put a link in there. It's www.tribevest.com forward slash partners forward slash www.s. But I'll put that link in the show notes for you and you can get a free $100 put into your account once you sign up and get going on that. I thought that was pretty cool, Joey. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Earn, what, what's your thoughts on other people's money? Love it. A couple <laughs> thoughts come to mind. I was just trying to think of a couple of examples that I've heard of. I remember a couple of years ago, hearing these guys here in Birmingham were, were buying these houses on credit cards. I was like, what in the, you can do that? How crazy is that? And so since that time, I've just kept my ear to that. And it just makes me think to, to all this time, been listening to Robert Kiyosaki. And he talks about building his empire on debt. He loves debt. He loves other people's money. And so just very simply, I don't think about it as 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 in detail as, as JD was just explaining all the things that he's doing. But it is pretty amazing when you think about it. You can go buy a $300,000 home and a bank is going to give you the majority of the money for that. You can just put a little bit of money down and get access into that. And, and if that if you're using that as an asset, if somebody else is paying that note, you come up with very little a bit of the money or you go get hard money to, to come up with that, with your skin in the game. And, and I think that's amazing. And then I just think about um, just a couple of years ago, all, all these people that we talked to who were getting into short-term rentals and who were kicking that off, furnishing their units with credit cards 
and they're letting the revenue from that business come and pay back the debt and they're keeping the spread. And then I think about just a couple of weeks ago when Maddie J came into our inner circle and did a training on his Turo model, he talked about how he had gotten into the car game and he maxed out again, getting car loans against his personal credit and then had to scale and find ways where he could tap into business credit. I mean, that guy has bought way more cars than he has, than he had money for at that time. And look at the successful business that he's operating now. And, and so all those things have come from leveraging other people's money. So I just hear those ideas. I just think about all the businesses that have been created, leveraging uh, assets like real estate, your own personal credit, business credit, be able to get financing from other places. This podcast is amazing, almost too amazing, Russ. There's too many ideas, and I don't know where to get started creating passive income. Well, here's the thing, Joey. I think one of the things you need to consider in that statement is what is it costing you to not know? What is it costing you not to take action? I love the statement that says you don't have to be great to start. You just have to start to be great. If you're struggling on where to start, you have to know what type of investor you are. Know your investor DNA. And if you want to learn more about this, you can join us in our Passport Challenge at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport. Get started today. Now, it's when you get creative. Before we go to creative finance, I do want to share one last thing. This is an interesting idea, too, because we talk about infinite banking a lot on this show. It's a foundational tool. And when we're borrowing the insurance company's money, we're using other people's money, right, Joe? We, we talk about this in our when we were sharing this recently at the land flipping conference that how you can enhance your return on land flipping or on anything for that matter when you're using other people's money. And if you've been stacking cash, whether it's for your retained earnings for your business, if it's for your rainy day fund for personal, if it's your tax fund, all the different things, you could use this system of infinite banking to help you leverage the insurance company's money to do deals. I have an example. I remember a, a specific client who wanted to lend money to a, a, a family member. And so he took an insurance policy out on that family member. He had that person uh, paying the, the payment that they normally would have paid the bank. So the basically the family member was going out and getting a business loan to do the deal that they needed, but they were doing it internally with the family members. So they didn't have to put up their credit. They didn't have to put up any of their money, but the family member, the one who was lending it, got to use the insurance company's money as they had their cash on hand growing. And the beautiful thing about it is they had a family member paying them back monthly income every single month that was replenishing what had been borrowed against it. So much so that they had to go and create more systems because the piggy bank wasn't big enough to hold all the cash because they were doing deals with that person at a much higher rate. I, I think, you know, IBC and lending and using the collateral of the cash values are, are, are not a common thing for everyone other than those that are in this community. But let's talk a little bit about creative finance, because I, I think that this is the thing that too often times we, when we're buying a business or we're buying any asset it could be real estate or whatever, we we assume, we make the assumption, Joey, that somebody wants all the cash. And I don't believe that that's the case, man. I don't believe that people want the cash. Why would I say that? Well, because we know it firsthand, right? Uh, because of our exposure to 
Pace Morby and the subject to um, idea that you can buy property by taking over the existing owner's mortgage. I said that, like you're not getting a new mortgage. You're literally taking over someone else's existing mortgage. Because of that knowledge, when we went to purchase the house in Chelsea that was going to be used as a short-term rental for us, we approached the owners and we said, by the way, we are looking to purchase the property. We can do it one of two ways. We can go, we can pay cash or we can, uh, and we, this is the price we can give. And it was a, a lower price because we have, to account, we have to account for higher interest rates. We have to account for um, down payments and all these sort of things. Or we can take over your existing mortgage. It'll make us move faster in the process because we don't have to mess around with Mickey Mouse paperwork. And we're able to, because it's at a lower interest rate and those type of terms, it's more valuable to us. So we can actually give you more money for that property. And what do you think they decided? They wanted a faster, easier turn time along with more money. And we were able to buy that property with no mortgage of our own. That, that's not what I was talking about, but that is a great strategy that you just shared, right? That somebody <laughs> it, that somebody would be willing to sell you their property, their piece of uh, real estate in this situation, and give you the mortgage that they were paying on because they want a higher price. Because if you have to go get a mortgage, we all know what comes with that. There's all the fees that the blood-sucking mortgage people like Joey used to be yep. get out of the Guilty. deal, right? There, there. I, I just closed on a piece of property this way, unfortunately, and I wrote a check, twenty eight grand, at the closing table. Well, that's going to all of these Mickey Mouse fees, as well as paying off the mortgage people for giving me a stack of documents that's a hundred deep that they do every single day. It's like, come on, really? Like that was worth that much? So when you don't have to pay that, you can go subject to. There is a, a way to do that. What I was saying, Joey, is that people believe when they are buying a business, they're buying a house that say paid off, that the person wants cash. The reason you and I know that that's not true, and these coaches as well, is that they're then calling us and saying, hey, I got this big, huge amount of money. I want to turn it into what? Cash flow. Cash flow. Can you help me understand my investor DNA better so that I can figure out the assets I should be buying to create the cash flow? Yeah. So people want the cash flow, not the cash. Well, and so, but, but, but even one step further, those are only the people you're talking about are the people that are smart. They're calling us and trying to figure that out. But 90, I mean, the rest of the world is calling up their financial advisor and they're scared to death about what they're going to actually tell them what to do with the money. Right. Because they know I could lose this money with putting it in this portfolio, this equity portfolio, whatever it may be. So they, they're they sitting on there. Wouldn't they much rather have somebody paying them every month guaranteed with collateral? It's their own house that they had and they own and they know. Or the they business that they own have. and know, right? Exactly. Like the, th the thing that you know the most that is being used as a collateral, you know how good the deal is, right? Right now, if it's a bad deal, then yeah, get your cash and move on. But <laughs> I, I, assuming that's not the situation, it's okay to have them paying you. If your goal is to create cash flow, 
figure out how you can create the most cash flow in that transaction. Well, and if they stop paying you, take back the thing that you used to own and do it again. I mean, like this is the thing I think most people, it opens people's eyes when it comes to how do I buy things? How do I invest in deals without writing a check? It's knowing this thing, knowing exactly. that the person I'm negotiating <laughs> with doesn't need the cash 99% of the time. We think they do, and they may think they do, but in a discussion, you can find out that they really don't, and what they really want is cash flow, and then you can structure a deal that gives them access to probably a much higher cash flow. Let me give you one example before you jump on, Joey. Let's pretend the business is worth $1 million, and they're going to put it in a traditional account. What, what would they hope? What would they hope they would get on a monthly basis from cash flow from that? What's 8%? No, 8%? You're out of your mind. You tell me where you where the average Bruh. person is going to go get 8%. I, I'm talking about like a, a portfolio. No, they, you not what? to create cash flow. Stop it. It's not even close. Don't okay. ask Joe For, anymore. Forgive questions. me. I'm, I'm JD, getting too calm. JD, help, help this friend out. One to 2%. Yeah. So what are they getting? 10 to 20 grand? That's it. Break that down on a monthly basis, man. I mean, that's nothing. That's a thousand to what seventeen hundred dollars a month. So, what if I structured a deal for the person? And I said, "Hey, what if we set it up in a way where I could give you three thousand dollars a month, five thousand dollars a month, as compared to what you're going to get from this, which was going to be more like fifteen hundred a month." If they're not they leaning forward in they their win. chair, yeah, you've done a poor job of describing the opportunity for them. Right. Well, so, I was hoping you're going to talk about the e-com brand that we've been pitched recently. Well, so the exact scenario, we're looking at buying a business, right? The, the current sales price we're negotiating is somewhere between 1.75 and 2 million. And we're sitting there looking at the opportunity saying, you know what? What we are willing to do is come up with maybe, maybe $200,000. And we're going to allow you to own or finance the rest. And what we'll do is get you a payment that equals the cash flow that you want to get out of this deal. And the beautiful thing about this thing is, Joey, is that he's got, as you know, he's got inventory worth like $1.5 billion. So we're literally putting down $200,000 to immediately have $1.5 million of paid off inventory that we're going to turn around and start selling anyway. Like our position is locked. And we were in another scenario, we were looking at a deal just the same way where we could have bought it and flipped it on owner financing terms and made money. There's so many things that you can have. I, I know I'm still in all the thunder. JD, you, you've also done some creative financing in the short-term rental space. We have, yeah. So we do uh, the short-term rental arbitrage, um, which which is great for us. Uh, as y'all know, uh, our, our pet fees are strong to quite strong. Uh, they just went up to $25 a night, uh, which is which is great. Um, but no, so, so who we rent from, it's actually, um, they're, they're in their, their, their mid seventies and they have a portfolio of a ton of real estate, uh, phenomenal landlords. But what I know is that they want the cash flow. So, so they would love to sell their, their property to us, their, their, some of their portfolio to us, but they don't want a large lump sum because of the taxes. So one of the things that we've actually proposed to them is to sell or finance it to us. So we'll buy the property from them on seller finance terms, 
with no money down. Cause you know me, I don't like putting any of my own money down. Right. And then we just associate a fair market value for the interest rate over, you know, a 30 year term. And now they're getting monthly cash flow more than what they're actually charging us in rent. So they're going to make more money. And now we're paying down the equity or should be paying down the, the principal balance uh, and getting all the appreciation, and the equity uh, from, from our short term rentals. Uh, so that was another thing that, that we're actually in conversations right now of, of purchasing our short ter- two short-term rentals on seller finance terms with no money down. I love that. Yeah. It's so good. Well, it just opens up doors, right? I mean, when somebody figures out that they, they can get in a short-term rental business and they don't even have to buy any real estate, they just go sign a lease. As long as they have good enough credit to get a lease, now they're in the door. I mean, you don't even have to buy the furniture. There's companies that will rent the furniture to you if you want to, right? There's ways to get in that business without having to have the cash. It may, though, require that you have the know-how, the expertise. Isn't that point number three here? Talk to me a little bit, Joey, about sweat equity, expertise. How can someone do a deal without writing a check as it relates to that? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say I am uh, I am not of the intellectual type, um, so I don't have a lot of expertise in that particular area. But I'll tell you somebody who does, uh, Seth Bradley, the passive income attorney. Uh, you've heard him on our show. He's he's had us on his show. He's actually one of the speakers at our last event in Austin for the Passive Income Mastermind. And what he's done is he's figured out that man. When people are syndicating deals, they're putting together opportunities at the highest of level. They need good representation on the legal side to make sure all the documents are set up for SEC filings, all the things to make sure everybody's protected and 100%, you know, kind of clear as, as mud in terms of the, the general partnerships and limited partnerships. He brings that to the deal and he's able to now be a part of uh, multiple um, big syndications because of that expertise. To me, that's just a beautiful picture of someone saying, this is something I can bring to the table and it adds value to the project. So they are able to then be paid as a result of that. That to me is huge. I, I love this. I know, I know JD, you, you've got an example you want to share. Tell me about it. Yeah. So there's, um, and I, this was, one of the things that, because being a part of, you know, paid for groups, right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll admit I pay for my friends. Um, <laughs> right. Like <laughs> when you, when you pay to be a part of, of, of masterminds and pay to be a part of groups, like you're doing it so that you can level up so you can be around other people that are further ahead than where you are. And, um, there's uh, a, a particular client of ours, uh, in our, our passive income masterminds, um, absolutely brilliant. He, he took out a loan, to fund his IBC policy, then borrowed against his IBC policy to invest it into an investment that, that, uh, that he's, he's actively promoting. And so he used the bank's money to fund his IBC policy and then used his IBC policy to fund this investment. He has zero cash in this deal. And then when the proceeds from the investment start to pay back, he's gonna pay off the bank loan and then he'll start to pay off the policy loan. And, and the way that he maneuvered all of those types of things was absolutely mind blowing because he was able to see two or three steps ahead, right? He had an expertise in a space. He's, I think his, his background is he's an accountant, 
right? But he was looking at things from a totally different perspective on how can I actually use other people's money to get my IBC system started, but invest in this deal that I know is going to create some sort of a windfall in the future. That's going to be able to pay all those things off, but I don't have to have the money today. And, and I just thought that that was so brilliant in how he pieced all those things together. Such a good example. Ern, you got, you got one you want to share? Sure. Well, JD, whoever that guy was must have had a great coach. He, he did. Uh, it starts with downtown uh, was his coach. Uh, so here with this idea of, of sweat equity, it takes four things to make a deal happen. Ultimately, you have to have a moat. It takes money, takes opportunity, takes time, and it takes experience. And we're talking about how you can do a deal without writing a check. So how do you do a deal without money? Well, you got to have the oat, right? You got to bring something to the table. You can bring the opportunity to the table and raise money for the deal. You can put your own time into the deal. You can put your own experience into the deal or a combination of. And so I just think about this land flipping business that I just created. Unfortunately, I'm the, I'm the joker writing the check. So I'm bringing the money, but I partnered with a guy who's got the expertise and he's willing to take the time to build the team, to get on the phone with the people who want to sell the land and people who want to buy the land. And I can only, I, I just love to think about this, how much money this guy's going to make, putting no, none of his own money in the deal. He's just putting some of his time, his experience to make this thing happen. That is genius. I'm so excited for him. He's bringing his own expertise. I'm bringing the money. This thing's going to be awesome. So I just think it's helpful to think through the framework of the moat and say, if you're not bringing money, you can certainly bring something else. And, and there's so many ways to do that. Like Joey and I are in the process right now of building out a co-hosting platform for people who are in the Birmingham area. So if you're a Birmingham, Alabama resident, you're one of the few right? that's still here. <laughs> if you're one in this area and you've always wanted to get in the short-term rental space, but you don't want to be the one managing it and you don't know how to manage it, reach out to us. Go to info at wealthwellwallstreet.com, put in STR. Um, and I will, I will connect you to our operator who is actively looking and talking to investors who want to invest in property, who want to furnish the property, want to put it on Airbnb and VRBO and booking.com and all these sites and take advantage of the shared economy that's booming right now, but don't want to have to be a part of it. Well, Joey, that is a, that's a, a shared expense, right? There's a, a way to use expertise and sweat equity to create revenue. We got off a call just the other day of a girl who sold her business for seven figures a business just like that, a co-hosting business that she didn't own anything. She just created a platform that a co-hosted for over a hundred different investors and sold her business a couple of years later, a management company for over seven figures. I see that as an opportunity for people who are learning how to land flip, people who are learning how to do a short-term rental, whatever the gifting is, maybe it's fix and flip. How do you use your expertise to create an investment, create a deal without ever having to write a check? Other people will do it because you have the know-how and knowledge. I hope this podcast was helpful to you. I know there were so many little points in here. You probably have to go back and re-listen to each and every one. You're going to have to write down the moat concept that Ernie broke down. I think that was great. 
man, guys, this was amazing. I'm not, I'm going to let your last thought be your final thought just because we've gone a little bit long. I'm going to give you back the rest of your day. But as always, if you found value in this, take time to rate, review, please share this with someone else. Help us beat the big tech algorithm. We're so grateful for you. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.